This is Haymaker Podcast. With Mary Felker and Ashley Zabardi. This episode is called Hey Wendy of Craft House Brewing Company, and this is episode five. Hey, so I'm super excited to have Wendy Forrest of Craft House Brewing Company on today. Keep listening to hear all about her achievements with Craft House, her life from living abroad to creating delicious beer in Las Vegas, Nevada, and working with a ton of local companies while she does it, and even ending up on Capitol Hill at one point. Check her out. You're going to hear how much of a powerhouse she is. Hey, Wendy, how are you today? I am great. Thanks for asking. Um, we are so excited to have you in our June Father's Day box um, with your company, which is Craft House Brewery. Um, and just heads up for our listeners, where can they find you? Uh, so we have two tasting rooms. Uh, the first one is attached to our brewery, and that was the original location. Um, it's in Henderson. It's in a place that we call the Booze District because there's breweries, winery, and a distillery all within walking distance of each other. And that's off of Eastgate and Warm Springs. So we have a tap room there. You can come in and try our beers and do tasting flights or grab things to go. Um, we're getting ready to uh, celebrate our six-year anniversary for the original location in September. And then last September, we opened up just a tasting room. So there's no production. There's no brewing on site. And that one is in the Arts District. And we're on California Street in between Maine and Casino Center. And the really fun part about that location right now is because of what's going on in the world. Um, there's lots of outdoor seating. Yes. Um, so the city of Las Vegas uh, is doing their best in trying to help save small business, which we extremely appreciate. Um, and it's, um, it's a model that ha has already been implemented in a few other cities. I know I've seen it in Atlanta, Georgia recently and it was a response to social distancing and how do people go out and still feel safe um right how to frequent a business without being you know too too close to anybody else especially a eating and drinking establishment um so the city, yeah. the city has closed off california street right in front of our business because we're kind of a hub of food and beverage uh so we're across the street from esther's kitchen which um, is owned by Chef James Trees. He is a James Beard Award uh, finalist. Go Las Vegas. Um, Go Vegas. Yeah, he's in the running uh, for a James Beard Award. We're also across the street from um, Tacotarian, which is a vegan taco shop. I'm not vegan, but I usually eat Tacotarian one to two times a week because their flavors <laughs> are so amazing. Uh, and then our neighbor, uh, to the right of us uh, that we share um, the building with is a uh, garagiste and they are a wine room and it's owned by two guys who are super passionate about um, viticulture and they are both psalms and I think actually one of them just got their master psalm 
designation. So we're in a good little corridor. Um, it's great synergy and we all kind of play off each other. Um, so I think the, the community that we've built there um, is really inviting to everyone and the city recognized that. So they put out um, pop-up tents and tables, which are more than six feet um, apart from each other. They staff it um, with their um, team members and it's sanitized between um, uses. Um, and it's, they've had a really great response, um, from the media and awareness. So people are invited to come down and you can frequent all of those places and sit outside and grab some shade and, um, support a local business. I actually met my friend down there on, I think it was uh, Sunday. And when I walked into craft house, I was greeted with hand sanitizer and a just cleaned <laughs> menu. So yeah, that I uh, that was a really good experience and your staff they were wearing masks and yeah. cleaning everything as they went yeah and um and to note all of the tables outside I watched the people cleaning the tables like right after like yeah. someone would leave and they would rush over and clean the tables so yeah. and there are it's I wouldn't call it hopping but mm -hmm. it's probably like one of the most popular places because it feels safe yeah yeah I in town right now yeah. so I think it has a it has a great feeling even before the shutdown you know it was very um communal and people you know looked after each other um and it was a great kind of synergy between all of us so it's nice to see the city recognize that and you know ensure that we can be successful yeah so um do you have two truths and a lie for us to get to know you a little bit more um I do so <laughs> my two truths and a lie okay um I lived in Japan for two years okay I hate chili beers oh <laughs> Um, and I used to be a professional dancer. Okay. I know you were a dancer. Yeah. Um, but the other two, that's hard. Cause you know, I love beer, but chili beer is not my thing. I'm going to say, is it number two? Yes. I, <laughs> I, I try. So that's the lie. So I try to not hate any beer because I can appreciate a beer that's made to style as it should be. Um, yes. I don't typically order a chili beer. I don't search them out. But we have made a chili beer that I actually really enjoyed. Um, but those chilies were dried and roasted before we put them into the fermenter. So I think I like more the roasty, smoky chili beers than kind of that fresh, bitey, like, baby kitties in the back of your throat scratching their way out kind of raw chili yeah I think that the roasting probably even balances out the hops a little bit too yeah like with that bright flavor and the mm -hmm. roast kind of balancing that a bit mm -hmm. yeah that sounds pretty good yeah because yeah, I've had I've had spicy beer and it's mm. ugh, it's not my thing either but roasted I yeah. could get into that yeah you gotta try you gotta just try and see if you like it 
And you have to keep trying new things because your palate changes and it evolves. And what you thought that you maybe didn't like, it could surprise you and you could branch out and try something new. It's true. Yeah. Always try new things. Um, And that's what I like about your brewery is that you guys are always releasing new flavors and mixing it up. So I'm always surprised when I go. Well, thank you. Yeah, we have we have five new beers that'll be released in the first three weeks of June. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That sounds super exciting and very hectic. It is. It is. All, all, all at the same time. Yes, definitely. So walk me through a day in the life of Wendy at Craft House. Um, so I think, you know, the thing that kind of keeps me going is that I usually don't have a typical day. Being a business owner, you wear multiple, multiple hats. At the the drop of a dime, you're changing hats to one that you've never even worn before. Um, So as much as I try to plan out my day um, and try to cross things off my to-do list, a lot of things, you know, are kind of dropped on me and I have to um, react or prepare for something that I wasn't ready for. Um, So I think I think that, you know, kind of excitement and the challenge and keeping such a fast pace um, is, uh, enticing to me. I don't, I'm never, uh, bored. I'm never not challenged. Um, so I think that's what, you know, keeps my momentum going. Um, so, but back to your question, a typical day. And, um, we were talking about this previously before we started, um, the podcast is today, today actually felt like a typical day for me. And I haven't had one of those in about 12 weeks. Um, but today, <laughs> so I usually I'll start my morning at six and I'll catch up on social media and things that happened in the evening because I do go to bed early. I usually go to bed at like yeah. 10. So when people are out drinking and enjoying, they're usually posting a little bit later at night. So I might miss it. So I catch up on all the social media. Yeah all the comments. I reply back to the comments that came in overnight. I take care of our PR, our marketing, our branding, our social media. I manage um, the Henderson tap room. And then I part-time manage the arts district tap room. And then um, those are some of the hats that I wear full-time. Yeah. So then I will go through my email, respond to everybody in the email. Um, that needed um, a response uh, desperately. And then um, I will wake my kids up. I have three kids um, and they just got out of school or I'd be yelling at them to check their Google classrooms and make sure that all their assignments were done. Um, yes, but thankfully that responsibility um, just ended last Thursday. Woohoo! Yeah. yeah, so they're <laughs> off. They're officially off um, for the summer. Um, and then I'll go into the tap room in Henderson. So that's what we use as our home base and kind of our home office. But my office is the tap room. Um, so the the tap room isn't open during, you know, kind of business hours, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Um, so 
Then I had to send some um, labels off to be printed. And then I had to approve some artwork for merchandise. Um, I had to order supplies for both tap rooms because we've had such an amazing response from the community that we're going through supplies about 10 times faster <laughs> than what we were doing, which is great. Um, yeah. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, then I had a meeting with a radio station to um, plan a virtual beer fest. Um, that sounds so yeah. fun. Uh, then our distributor came and needed to pick up an order. And my husband uh, didn't have it quite ready yet. So I helped him pack pallets of um, cases of beer, which we... Um, during the shutdown, we kind of had to reevaluate our business model and who was still open and who was selling beer and how could we sell beer and how could we, you know, keep the business going and, and keep it afloat. Um, so Costco, um, we've sold pallets before to Costco. So we reached out to Costco and said, are you interested in um, Silver State specifically, which is our best selling beer at Silver Blonde? Um, and they said, yes, usually they take two pallets, one for each Henderson location, but now they wanted four pallets. So that was great. However, <laughs> we needed to hurry, hurry, hurry and package it and rush and get it all together and looking sleek and sexy. And so we, Dave and myself and our head brewer, Cameron, uh, we canned 260 cases of Silver State on Sunday. Oh my goodness. Canning is um, redundant and monotonous, but very physical. Um, So when when the cans go through the canning line, they then spit out on the end and we have to, um, the the six pack holder is called a pack tech. So we have to manually click those into that six pack holder. Then we have to create the case and then we have to build the palette. Um, so it's a great feeling though, getting beer out the door for sure. Um, so I did the pickup. I helped uh, load things out for the pickup. Um, I met with you, Mary, and um, <laughs> looked over um, the label, um, which I love. It's super cute. I can't wait for you guys to see it. <laughs> um, and then I had to get the Henderson tap room ready for the beer tender coming in. And then I drove down to Arts District, and then I got the Arts District tap room ready for the bartender there. Um, then I had to run to the bank because we were out of change. And then it, do- it dawned oh, no. on me that I was walking outside with like $1,000 in my pocket. And then I thought, maybe I should be aware of my surroundings. So, but everything yes. was fine. Oh, my everything God. was fine. Uh, <laughs> then I had a meeting with um, a new development that's opening the next block over for um, residential space and how we could incorporate something um, special for their tenants that are soon to be moving in. Ooh, yeah. I want to live there. <laughs> it looks really cute. Um, and then I came home and now we're doing the podcast. Woohoo! Yeah. That's awesome. 
Um, that is a very busy day. Um, and I totally get it being a business owner myself. You really do wear so many hats and you have to be thinking on your feet constantly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what would you say that you're most proud of, um, at craft house, um, life in general, or what are your most, what are you most excited to share about success that you've um, had? You know, when we came up with the idea, hey, let's build a brewery, wouldn't it be so much fun? Um, I didn't think that it would lead me down the road of becoming a professional lobbyist for our craft brewing industry, for our city and for our state. Um, And then really making a difference within our community and with the professional craft beer community. Um, But it did just that. Um, You know, I've I lobbied the the city of Henderson first and I wrote new licensing for a city because it was not craft beer and independently owned um, friendly. Um, So that took me 16 months of lobbying city council and writing new licensing. Then that led into um, us also changing the licensing for the city of Las Vegas. when we opened our tap room in the city of Las Vegas, uh, we wouldn't have been allowed to sell our beer to go because that's not the license that um, applied to us because we weren't brewing on premise there. So um, mm. it's pretty important when you visit uh, a tap room that if you like something, you want to take it home. So uh, yeah. uh, we then uh, <laughs> changed the licensing for the city of Las Vegas so that if any brewery owner has a license to brew in Nevada, you can add on that portion of the licensing so you can sell your packaged beer to go. So, and all the changes that we've made weren't made specifically for us. It was made to advance our industry and to build our community. Um, Then I was asked last year to go uh, represent our state and march on Capitol Hill for Nevada for our craft brewing um, industry. Um, so it was really, um, it was an honor to represent our entire state. So we went to DC and, um, marched through and met with all of our, um, senators and all of, um, our Congress members and represented our state and represented our industry, um, you know, to the best of my ability. Um, so I think that's kind of, you know, my proudest moment is, our business has transcended our business. Um, It's bigger than just craft house. It's bigger than just us. And, you know, we're working toward always first building a community and then second, improving our craft beer industry, whether it's in our city, in our County, in our state or on the national level. Um, So I think that's kind of my, my proudest moment is, you know, being the change um, and the change for good. Um, You know, a lot of people, when they hear no, they just go, okay, and then they move on and find something else. Well, don't tell me no, because I'll just figure out a way to change it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I'll say that I've seen a lot of change um, from where you started in Henderson. I remember when you guys Mm -hmm. opened, and I've always liked your beer and that area in Henderson. Um, and then 
even more change um, in the arts district. Now there's other breweries opening up, which really does build up that whole community mm-hmm. and brings people together. So not only are you building something for you and your family, but you're building something for our community here in Las Vegas in Nevada and in America, which yeah. is great. It's been, um, it's been really rewarding and it's been extremely challenging, but you know, the greater the risk, the bigger the reward. Um, so, you know, there's always something that can be improved and something that can be um, built upon. So I wasn't looking for that much of a challenge, but that's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've done a great job and we're grateful to have you in our Vegas community. So. Um, so do you have, speaking of community, um, at Haymaker, we love highlighting small Mm -hmm. businesses. Do you have three small business makers that Uh, you love? Um, so we, uh, exclusively partner with Besta Coffee Roasters, um, which is also around the corner in the arts district, um, from our tap room, um, in the arts district. But uh, Jared is the owner, and we met him, I believe, about four years ago. And he was just roasting, <clears throat> excuse me, coffee beans in his garage because that's what he was super geeking out on, and that's what he was passionate about. <laughs> and that's how we started. Dave, my husband, he started home brewing, yeah. you know, in our garage and in our kitchen. And that passion, you know, eventually evolved in, into a profession. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so we were really drawn to Jared and his passion for his craft. Um, so we exclusively partner with Vesta Coffee Roasters. And that um, has come to um, fruition with Belgarde, which is our cold brew coffee stout. So we use uh, Vesta's um, coffee beans in Belgarde, and that's available year round. And we have his logo on the back of the can. And anytime... Uh, we choose to incorporate coffee or cold brew or coffee beans. Um, we always use Vesta Coffee Roasters, and it's a great partnership, and it's built within community, and we've created community. Um, so we appreciate Vesta. I'm also um, a big cold brew addict, so <laughs> it's, it's nice <laughs> that um, I can also enjoy our um, relationship. Um, yes, I love that, uh, brew. Belgard is one of my favorite of your beers. I always, I always pick it up to take home with me. Well, we appreciate it. (laughs) And it's nice because then you can support, you know, two local businesses in one. Exactly. I love that. That's awesome. So go buy some Belgard, everyone. Please do. Uh, and yes. then another <laughs> one of my favorite makers is um, in the booze district, um, our neighbor in Henderson and their Vegas Valley winery. They are um, Henderson and Clark County's first official winery. And they've been trailblazers in their industry, just like we have. Um, so the licensing for the state um, used to be that you couldn't have a winery in a county over a hundred thousand people, which I don't know why anybody would write that, but 
that's the way it was written. Um, so they couldn't they couldn't function as a traditional winery. Um, and that's why there was a winery in Pahrump, because the population of Pahrump was under 100,000 people. So what they did, though, instead was they um, designed a kind of a you make your own um, barrel of wine. So it was kind of like a wine school, but it was it's very interactive. You can go there with a group of friends and you make your whole barrel full of wine um, all the way from crushing to corking. And it was a six month process. And they really have built um, a wonderful following and very loyal fans. And what they have brought is um, they've taken the snobbery out of winemaking and it's just fun and it's relaxing and it's interactive and it's very communal. So then they um, changed the licensing uh, so that that caveat of 100,000 people for the county was lifted. So then they um, created uh, the Vegas Valley Winery. So they were able to now produce wine as a traditional winemaker. And then they also just launched, I think about eight months ago, Nevada's first Nevada grown cider. So they get um, the juice from the apples at Gilcrease Orchard. Gilcrease presses the apples for them and then they get that apple cider and then they turn it into hard cider. Um, so it's 100% uh, Nevada grown and Nevada made. Um, so that was super cool. And they're really nice people and we love them and they let us borrow their forklift. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if you can share yeah. a forklift, that really, that really suits. Yeah. And, suits well, you. we also, we pay them in beer. So winemakers say it takes a lot of beer to make really good wine. Yes. It's, that's true. I actually really <laughs> believe that. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome i had no idea that they had just made a yeah. hard cider with grease that yeah. is so cool so again you can buy um mm -hmm. more alcohol that supports two right. vegas yeah. companies <laughs> yeah. and then guys make right. a list yes and then my third person is you mary um I'm not giving oh, a shameless no. plug, but <laughs> I think, you know, what what you do is inspirational and it's positive. And from the first time that I met you at Market in the Alley, um, I was drawn to your artwork because it's colorful, it's cheerful, it's bright, but it it's more than that. It brought me in. I wanted to see closer. I wanted to see the detail. Um, and then I met you and it was like the perfect match. And and I appreciate that, you know, that you you love our state and you're highlighting all the positive um, that Nevada has to offer. And I think it, you know, it it um, makes our pride swell a little bit more to see, you know, all the positive aspects of what Nevada has to offer through an artist's eyes. Oh, thank you so much. I'm <laughs> blushing. <laughs> Um, I, I'm, when I did the mural in your Henderson tap room, um, and brewery, I loved working with all of your clientele and just, they are so excited uh, about Nevada and, um, like your people are just so fun. And, um, so 
when you said yes to working with Haymaker, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Like I, it was a literal like, yes. No, I, yeah. <laughs> because uh, I, we, I think that we have like a very similar way that we approach our businesses. Like if I can work with someone local, if I can work with someone from Nevada or or near this area, I'm going to do that because I want to build this area. And I think that you at Craft House have done that as well. You're building this area as much as you can, highlighting all the positives, working with other companies. Um, you owe it, like you're a person that just says yes, like to everything good and positive for our community. And I think that's great. But it was about you. So stop. <laughs> <laughs> so um let's see oh I had one more thing that I was gonna ask you so we I mentioned hand sanitizer um when I was at at the tap room in the arts district so do you want to tell us about what you're yes. putting in the box? Um, it's not beer. Sorry. And please don't drink it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah. maybe another um, time though. <laughs> so another one of our uh, neighbors at the booze district is the Las Vegas distillery. Um, and they stopped production of um, making spirits and they turned their uh, distillery into making hand sanitizer because there was a need um, in the community. So um, I think like the first thousand gallons they made and they donated to all of the first responders because um, they couldn't find it anywhere. Um, so they donated the first thousand gallons to them. And now um, they're making hand sanitizer for the public to buy. So I purchased um, the hand sanitizer from the Las Vegas distillery. So again, supporting other local businesses. <laughs> and then um, I thought, you know, how could we, I wanted to think of a way that was more like a luxury or a service to our guests coming in, but would also kind of help protect um, our beer tenders um, while doing it. So when the guest comes in, um, our beer tender has the hand sanitizer, it's called Hoppy Hands, and they say, you know, may I sanitize your hands for you? So it's in a spray bottle, so you're not touching anybody. Um, and you're not handing the bottle back and forth. Um, and when our guests come in, they can get a couple spritz of hoppy hands. Um, so what I did is I took that um, uh, liquid hand sanitizer. I think it's 80% by volume um, antiseptic alcohol. And then um, I infused it with um, hop essential oils. Um, so there's um, a few different companies that make... Um, a product called hop zoil. Um, so it's, um, it's a way for us to boost our hops if we want to maybe like right at the very end. Um, it's primarily for aroma um, is what you're going to get at the end when you add in hops to um, finished beer. So um, I had the hop zoil and I thought, well, what if we make it smell like, you know, you're drinking an IPA or, you know, you're drinking resonate because <laughs> hops are flowers and they're very floral and they're very aromatic um, and you're at a brewery and a tap room and you should smell hops so I put the, the hop um, essential oil into the hand sanitizer 
and I put it in a spray bottle and I sprayed it and it worked. <laughs> um, so I named it Hoppy Ham. Um, and um, it's been really successful. And now I have to, um, I just bought another case of the spray bottles today because we're out. <laughs> so they've been received really well and you know i i I hear you know a lot of people say you know the hand sanitizer it's either tearing up their hands or it's drying them out or it smells horrible um but you know we're all trying to do our best yeah and, and we're trying to um you know be sanitary throughout our lives and I've had so many people come back and say, I need two more. I need one for each car. I need one at home. I need one in the kitchen. And then, um, you know, the hop oil, <laughs> it is a little bit moisturizing or, you know, it adds a little bit of hydration back to your hands, which I'm sure all of our hands really need um, a fresh manicure and some love and TLC. Um, yeah. So yes. happy hands. Hoppy hands. Yay. So that's going to be in the haymaker box. Yay. For June. (laughs) And um, you're going to be taking over on, you're taking over haymaker next week, right? It'll be my first time doing a takeover. So I'm really excited. I think it's going to be great. Are you sure you trust me? Because I could go completely (laughs) rogue. Oh. Uh, if you go rogue i'll just i'll just be like oh it's windy it's fine no i won't i won't (laughs) hey guys thanks so much for tuning in to the haymaker podcast make sure to hit subscribe and like and review our podcast so that we can keep sharing more makers with you 